Hey, good morning. Good morning, Antioch, Dallas. Good morning, family. Everybody doing well today? All right. Well, hey, good morning to you. Uh, if you would just grab your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3, while I give some introductory remarks, I'm going to give you some time and space. But if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to be reading uh, beginning in verse 14. And so uh, for those of you that I haven't had the honor and the pleasure to meet you, uh, my name is Johnny Gonzalez, and I serve as the executive pastor here at Antioch, Dallas. And thank you. And it, just know that this is uh, just the, the honor and the privilege of a lifetime that I get to uh, just serve you guys and love and just get to pray and just to share the word of God this morning. How, who's excited this morning? All right. Wow, lively bunch. I'm glad that we got uh, with. I'm telling you, sometimes whenever we're in worship, I just want it to keep going. Is that anybody else in here? Okay. Uh, I, 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 yeah, worship team, you did an incredible job this morning. Um, hey, uh, before, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, in your chair is perhaps an invitation to the greatest event on the face of this planet. Uh, like if you, if you talk to me, I'm going to tell you that this is greater than the Super Bowl. Um, now, now I'm going to say something I love. I mean, when I tell you I love soccer, um, the World Cup happens every four years. And one of the things that I told Lauren before we got married was that there's this event that happens in the summer every four years, and it is called the World Cup. And the World Cup is something, this is what I said to her. I said, during that month, and this is prior to getting married, so she knew what she was signing up for. I said, every four years when this tournament is on, you, darling, exist for me. <laughs> you know, because this is a big deal in my house. I could tell you so many stories about growing up, but I really do believe that this event that you're invited to, which is, everybody say, Easter, Easter. is the greatest event on planet Earth, greater than any World Cup, uh, because, because we are going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who came and gave us life, and not only life, but life in abundance. He didn't just live to come and live a perfect life, although he did that. Not only did he die for the sins of the world, yes, he did, but, but he conquered death, y'all. He, he rose from the grave, and so that is what we're going to be celebrating. So this is what I would like for you to do. Take as many of these cards as you believe. I want you to believe the Lord for a, 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 a harvest. You're going to be giving invitations to people and believing that they are going to be responding and saying, I will be there. Now, for our church family who is joining us online, we're also going to be uh, going to be streaming our Easter service. And so please don't let um, people who are saying, oh, you know, I'm just still uncomfortable about gathering in person. Don't let that be a hindrance, but invite them to our online service because we're going to be online preaching the good news and just celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ together. Amen. Amen. All right. If you need more than one. Uh, there will be more on your way out. If we run out, hey, we can order some more. So here you go. Got it? All right. So I want to let you know this morning, uh, if you haven't already noticed, that I am coming in fiery and hot this morning, okay? So um, 
Uh, I, we, my wife and I just had the privilege just to take some time off. And so I, I feel energized. And so you're getting energized, Johnny. Uh, if you see Lauren just kind of going like this in the front row, it's because she's telling me to calm down. So, but I'm just warning you as we go in. So Ephesians chapter 3 Beginning in verse 14, uh, we have been in the book of Ephesians for four weeks now, uh, and we've been seeing a recurring theme throughout that as you walked in through our building, you saw the signs that said, we are sons and daughters. And so we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and we've been talking about how we are sons and daughters and how we are in need for, uh, we are in need to renew the spirit of our minds when it comes to our identity in God and mindsets around how we live in light of this new reality that we are the children of God. And so through this time, we've been encouraging you to uh, take out this renewed in the spirit of your mind guide and, and, and be able to go through it on the daily and be able to recognize what are some lies that I've been um, wrestling with and struggling through. And this guide is really just meant for, uh, for you to spend at least seven minutes of your daily time, your daily face time with God, to be able to seek the Lord and just allow him to renew the spirit of your mind so that you would recognize that you are a child of God and that he has called you to live in this earth, to leverage your life, to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So, uh, so that's, that's what we've been doing if you uh, are joining us today for the first time. And today we get to talk about Paul's second prayer. And I'm particularly excited about this because when we started out this series, I had the privilege to speak on his first prayer that was in Ephesians chapter one. And now we get to Ephesians chapter three. And now I get the privilege to talk about his second prayer that he, that he, that he um, uh, writes about. And so here's his second prayer, Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 19. And it says this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you haven't realized, we'll be here for the next four hours. No, I'm kidding. Um, Lord, we just pray that this word will sink deep into our hearts this morning and that it is not uh, by my own words, but it is by your spirit that we are transformed and made uh, more into the image of your son, Jesus. And so we just pray that you would move, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our minds and would speak to our hearts and that we would encounter you in such a way that we would not walk out the same way that we came in, but that we would walk out renewed, transformed, encouraged, inspired, and filled with your Holy Spirit uh, to be your sons and daughters in the world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So if you want to get to know the anxieties or fears or worries or concerns or the things that are at the top of uh, someone's mind, I want, I want to encourage you to listen to their prayers. 
because when you listen to their desperation, when you, when you listen to what it is that they're uh, reaching out to God for, that when you listen to their desperation as they recognize that on their own they're incapable of making something happen, you start realizing that they are, are no longer relying on self, but instead they have to, we all have to reach out to a God who is able and capable of doing things that we cannot and so here, as we read Paul's prayer, uh, we, we begin to get some insight into some things that are laying heavy on his heart. And, and just by way of example, some of recurring prayers that are happening within our home uh, today, uh, and even just on a recurring basis is, and you can talk to Lord about this, every so often, we're, we're doing stuff around the house, engaging with our children, or in our car, and every once in a while, I'll just be like, Jesus, I need you. Uh, another recur recurring prayer is, Lord, would you provide for us? Because recognizing that he is our provider is something that, uh, that, that there's only so much that we could do on our own strength, that our strength will even fail us on our own. And so uh, a recurring prayer in my home is, Lord, would you provide for us? Another prayer is that my kids would know that they are never alone. And I'm not talking about that they're never alone because we don't leave them, because we do. We Sometimes they're with my parents right now, but uh, we do leave them. But one of the things that I want them to know is that God will never leave them. And I can't do that on my own. Well, a recurring prayer that happens in, in our home is, Lord, would you pour out your spirit over Antioch, Dallas? Lord, would you pour out your spirit over the city of Dallas? Because we recognize that that is something that we can't do on our own strength. We have to rely on God to do that. And then another prayer that I pray for Antioch Dallas is, Lord, help us be more aware of your presence. Because, y'all, I, I don't know about you, but I need his presence on a, const, on a, on a daily drip, if you will. So when we come to Paul's second prayer in Ephesians 3, I want to point out that Paul has two prayers before where he petitions four things. Say two prayers, two prayers. Four, petitions. four petitions, two prayers, two prayers. four petitions. And I'm going to be talking about four petitions. You probably already guessed what these stairs are here for. But uh, we have a staircase here. And I like for us to think of Paul's prayer more as a staircase in which he, he, uh, we climb higher and higher in his aspirations for the church at Ephesus. And by extension, I hope to encourage you in the same aspirations that Paul had. And in many ways, I want you to know that it has become increasingly clear uh, just among our staff and among our, uh, our prayers that these are the same aspirations that we have for you, church, here at Antioch Dallas. But first, I want to start by reminding you of what undergirds Paul's prayer here. What is the, where is he coming from and why he goes into these petitions? So when we start in verse 15 and he says, for this reason, the reason why Paul is about to go into this prayer is because if you remember in chapter one, we talked about how God the Father has adopted us into uh, through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now he is our father. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, we see how we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but God being rich in mercy 
made us alive together with Christ. And so he transferred us from the domain of darkness into, into, the, the, into his wonderful light. And then uh, uh, Pastor Zach brilliantly talked about um, just the, the, the new family or, or the new humanity that God has created uh, by saving or by, by taking sons and daughters and putting them into the same family, breaking down the wall of hostility that existed between uh, what, what Paul describes the Jew and the Gentile, those who, who were born into the family of God and those who were grafted into the family of God are now one family. And then we, we, last week, we, uh, uh, Zach also went through and talked about the mystery that was revealed to Paul, that now he ought to preach to the Gentiles, those who were once not a part of God's family. He is now telling them, no, 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 Jesus has died for you, and God the Father has included you also in his family. That's us, church. And so you see now the, that we are now the household of faith. And, we, and I was just so encouraged just watching this online when, when uh, Pastor Zach was preaching it. But he said, hey, not only are we to preach this to individuals and flesh and blood, but we have the privilege, we have the responsibility, we have the, uh, the, the great responsibility to preach it not only to uh, flesh and blood, but also to the spiritual forces. To declare to them the manifold wisdom of God. So that, uh, that is why Paul is saying for this reason. And so when he says that, he then goes into, uh, and he says, I kneel before the Father. And his earnestness then for, of his prayers are seen in that he kneels before the Father. You see, it wasn't Jewish custom to um, uh, kneel as they prayed. They actually, for the most part, pray standing up. But whenever they kneeled in Scripture, it was because there was an earnestness. There was a desperation. There was a burden on their hearts. For example, when Ezra was confessing Israel's sins and, and, and he was asking the Lord to forgive, he kneeled before God. When Jesus was about to go to the cross, he hit his face to the ground in the garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed earnestly. And then when Stephen uh, was faced the or ordeal of martyrdom, it says that he kneeled and he saw Jesus sit sitting at the right hand of the Father. And so with these examples, here Paul is using the same language, and he is saying, I kneel before the Father on your behalf. So I'm just going to come out, uh, just out the gate here and say, church, that I believe that it is, that the time is now that we begin to earnestly seek the Lord in prayer. Now, uh, I'm picking up where Pastor Zach left off last week, because as he was ending his sermon, he began to pray that discouragement be broken off, that slumber would be broken off, that apathy would be broken. And I understand that many things have happened this year where where uh, it, it has caused us really to kind of sit, watch, and wait. I get it. All of us, uh, throughout this last year, we have sat, we have watched, we have waited. And in that sitting and watching and waiting, there's nothing wrong with that. But in many ways, we have allowed ourselves to sit, watch, and wait so much that we have now uh, have, have slipped more into slumber than into sitting, watching, and waiting. 
And so, so this morning, I want to call you out of this slumber. I want to call you out of this stupor. Now, I'm not calling you stupid, but the word stupor, uh, I, I looked it up because that was a word that the Lord just dropped in my, in, in my mind and in my heart. And when I looked it up, it, it, the word stupor means near unconsciousness. It means, it, it means insensibility. And so in the midst of our sitting, watching, and waiting to see what culture is doing and to see what the world is doing, a lot of times we have neglected the earnest prayer to say, Lord, what are you doing? And so this morning, church, I, I know that, uh, I also know that, that uh, there's, there's a tension here. Because I believe that God is calling us into abiding in him where there is a passionate pursuit of his presence and engaging in fervent prayer. But the tension is that we're tired. We're suffering. Many conversations with you. I know having lunches, having coffees and just and just engaging in different conversations. I know, guys, it's weary. I'm weary. I'm tired. But in that tension, I want to tell you that we're made for such a time as this, and yet we can't do it on our own. And so I want to go into Paul's prayers because I believe that Paul, uh, uh, first of all, this is the importance of walking through different books of the Bible because it forces us to engage in these topics. And so we are being forced now to engage in what Paul is praying for us today. And so everybody say, uh, first petition. Beginning in verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So if we're climbing up the staircase of Paul's aspirations, he is going to pray and he is praying for strength. Everybody say strength. More specifically, he is praying that you would be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit to have Christ dwell in your innermost being. I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that I want to tell you this morning is that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen our inner being for Christ to dwell in us. Now, let's define what inner being means. Inner being is where our true allegiances lie. It is, it is there where we are faced either with the condemnation of the enemy that leads to death or the conviction of the spirit that leads to life. Let me explain. If people actually heard what it is that you're thinking and processing right now, what if we just put a megaphone to your mind? Would you like that? For a lot of you, you're like, man, that is the scariest thing if people actually knew what I thought. And what Paul is saying is like, hey, I'm not asking God to strengthen you just because uh, you are weak and weary. I'm asking you, I'm asking God to strengthen you even in those areas that no other person can see. I'm asking God to strengthen you in these areas where, uh, watch this, he's not saying, I want to I strengthen your, your uh, strength on the outside, but I'm wanting to strengthen your character. 
that in the midst of hard times, in the midst of suffering, where God is wanting to uh, step in and where we need the power of the Holy Spirit is in our inner being, in our character. And Paul is stepping in here, but unto what? So that, he says, Christ may dwell in you. Now, let me focus on that word, dwell. The word dwell is the Greek word katoikeo. Everybody say katoikeo. Katoikeo, there are different words, different Greek words for our one English word dwell. And this one in particular means to settle down somewhere. It's different than if you were traveling to any city and staying in a hotel, taking, you know, taking advantage of the amenities that were there and the heated pool, and then going back home after that vacation. This is like uh, you, you're a roommate moving into your house. We had the honor and the privilege of one of my sister-in-laws to live with us. And I'm going to tell you that that was different than whenever she didn't live with us. And not in a bad way. It just meant that we, Lauren and I couldn't hide our junk anymore. It meant that she got into, uh, she saw where we left our socks and how messy we were. She was able to know just the, even the fights that we had or, or the great times that we had. She, she knew the pattern of life. And so when, when Paul is saying to be for the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen you inner being so that Christ will dwell in you, he is referring to a permanent as opposed to a temporary abode. He's saying, I want you to be strengthened so much that Christ is able to dwell in you. To fill you. This same word is also used to describe how the fullness of God dwells in Jesus in Colossians. And Paul is saying here that we need to be strengthened in the depths of us so that Christ may dwell in us in the same way that the Father dwells in Christ. Who wants to be strengthened this morning? Yeah. Petition two. Say petition two. Last half of verse 17, it says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. So petition two is love. And more specifically, that you would be rooted and established in love. You see, when he uses the words rooted and established, he uses two metaphors here. The first metaphor is a metaphor of being rooted, just like a tree is deeply rooted in soil and its roots go deep. He is saying, I want you to be uh, so, uh, love is going to be so fundamental to you that you, uh, you ought to allow, I'm praying that your roots would go deep into love. The second image is this word uh, established. For those of you that maybe have a different translation this morning, it may say grounded. And it's this picture of a building on a firm foundation. And so when he says, I want you and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, 
He is wanting you to be so uh, firm that that love is your foundation, that love are, is are your roots that go deep and the foundation that is so sturdy that I want you to stand firm in the, in, in the power that the Spirit provides in order to be able to be rooted and established in love. That in that, um, he uses the word power. Everybody say power. You see, as love is the preeminent virtue of the sons and daughters, we need the Spirit's power that not only is strengthening our inner being, but, it, but he is also helping us grow in our comprehension of God's love. My mind is so puny that on its own, I cannot comprehend the love of God. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are incapable Hear the words that I'm saying, incapable of comprehending the love of God. And so Paul here is praying that you would be rooted and established in, in, in love um, and established in love and you may have power. And this power is the same power that we need, that, that he's praying power to be strengthened in our inner being. It's the same power that he's praying so that you would be able to comprehend the love of God. And this love is to be not only fundamental, but it's meant to be radical. Because in Paul's day, we've already read in Ephesians 2, he, that he was saying that the Ephesians needed the power of the Spirit and of Christ indwelling to enable them to love each other, especially across the deep racial and cultural divide which previously had separated them. Let me say that again. Paul is praying that we would be rooted and established in love because love is not only to be fundamental, but it's meant to be radical. Because in Paul's day, there was a wall of hostility that existed between those who believed that they were part of God's family and those people didn't believe that these people over here were part of God's family. And yet Paul is saying, no, 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 you need to be radical because together with God's holy people, with everybody, and so together with all the Lord's holy people, Jew and Gentile alike, I want you to have the power with them to be able to comprehend God's love. Now, let me say this to you, church. You probably know this, but the way that I want to do this is to be able to say, um, where is um, my life group? Most of them are right here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here real quick, as fast as you can. I'm bringing them up here. Yeah, bring, bring Dex. I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean to parade you guys in any way, shape, or form, but, but, but these are the people that I do life with, that Lord and I do life with. And, and, and these are, uh, let me just say, I could say, I could go down the line and just say something special about each and every single one of them. But one thing I want to tell you that as one of your pastors here, it is my honor and privilege to be a part of this life group because this life group right here has spurred me to love Jesus more than what I could have ever imagined. Mm. 
I'm so grateful because whenever I have the Ewings and, and whenever I have Karen Sanchez right there, who together we lead this life group, but whenever I see Camille and whenever I see uh, Andrew and Charlie, and then I see Omar and I see the Bridgmans over there, and, the, and we have every third, uh, every third week, we get together for prayer and worship, man, I see them on their faces and they're crying out to God and they're singing with all of their might in the living room of our home. And it is there where my heart is stirred to love Jesus more because I can't tell you the many times that we have rallied around each other to be able to pray and to be able to lift up and to be able to help out. But at the end of the day, it is so that we can all be able, together with God's holy people, have the power to comprehend the love of God. And so church, I want to encourage you in this way that this, if this is one of the first times that you're visiting us or you've been with us for some time and you're saying, I don't have a church that I've been a part of or that I've been rooted in, I want to tell you that the majority, yeah, every person here, yeah, every person here, we meant through planted. And so I'm not, I'm, I, listen, we say, we talk about planted every week. This is not just something that we're wanting to get more people into the church. It's so that you can get rooted and established and loved and have the power together with God's people to be able to comprehend his love. So I want to invite you to, to be, to come through planted because it is there where we want to come together and come alongside you to help you grow in your relationship with God together with God's holy people to get you connected into a life group so that you would also be spurred to be able to love God more and more and more and more. That when we first met them, yeah, things were a little awkward. Sorry, I keep spitting on you. Uh, things were a little awkward. We had to get to know one another. But I'll tell you, one of the things that helped us get to know one another is the more that we worshiped, the more that we prayed together, the more that we uh, ate together, the more that we sat in D group together, and the more we encouraged and challenged and, and uh, lifted each other up, the closer and closer we got that these are my brothers and sisters and I would do anything for them. I just love y'all. I really do. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I call them up here because I want you to know that you have people around you that are willing and ready to come alongside and, and encourage you in God's love. And it is this love that, that we ought to grow in and, 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 and be able to comprehend together how that God's love is wide enough to encompass all of mankind. It is long enough to last all of eternity. It is high enough to exalt Jesus higher and higher. And it is deep enough to reach the most wretched of sinners. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, I just pray over Antioch, Dallas, that they would be rooted and established in love so that they would have power to comprehend together with God's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Third petition is knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. So as we get, as we continue to climb Paul's aspirations, we, we get to knowledge and this knowledge that he is praying for is that not only would we be able together with God's holy people to be rooted and established in love and to comprehend his love, but that we would get to know his love. Now there's a difference. 
And there's a play on words here because he is saying that you would know Christ and know his love that surpasses all knowledge. Can somebody say oxymoron? How am I supposed to know something that surpasses my knowledge? Does anyone else have that question? Great. I'm glad you asked. Because there's two words here that Paul uses. The first one is the Greek word gnosko. And the second word, uh, that's the word know. And then the word knowledge is the word gnosis. Everybody say gnosis. So gnosko is to be acquainted with. Gnosis is a knowing that is vain and transient. It's not inherently bad. Let me describe. I want to do everything I can to get to know my wife, right? So I want to, so there's a level of intimacy where, where there are things about my wife that I know that you will never know. Because of the way that we, first of all, we're married and we interact with one another and we love one another and, and we share, uh, like, if, if you want to know the person who can hurt me the most is Lauren. Because she knows my buttons, but she also knows how to encourage me and how to lift me up. And she knows all of these things better than anyone here. But uh, gnosis is just a factual knowledge. So, 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 in with uh, Gnosko, I'm acquainted with her love. I'm intimately getting to know her. With Gnosis, I know that she has brown eyes. So could you imagine if, um, uh, th- that, that if I know that Lauren has brown eyes and she would come to me and say, hey, darling, I love you. And my response, my response back is, you have brown eyes. There, you would say, there is a break in, in intimacy there. If she comes to me and says, hey, darling, I love you, and I say, hey, would you uh, go change Zane's diaper? There's a, because yeah, I don't want, that's how I feel about it. Thank you. I love when kids help me preach. That's awesome. There's a break in intimacy there because there's a level that she is wanting to engage with me and connect with me, but yet I'm unwilling to engage because this is a, I'm only wanting gnosis, but not gnosko. And so I love sometimes bringing in Spanish words because in, in, in Spanish, the word is conozco. To, to, uh, if I conozco you, it means that I know you well. Yeah, thank you, Karen. And so, and so what Paul is saying here is that we would grow in our knowledge of God's love, that we are ever moving toward him and not away. A little tip, what makes a great marriage and what makes a great friendship, what makes a great relationship, that you would never be satisfied with what you currently know about your spouse or your friend. But instead, on a regular basis, you are getting to know them and asking them questions that are sometimes out of the blue, and you never know what you'll find out. Lauren and I are going to be married 12 years, praise the Lord, in May. And to this day, there's not a day that goes by where I don't learn something new about her. And I'm not boasting. I'm like, Lord, let that be every single day for the next 80 years. Yikes, she says. Hey, I want, I want to grow old with you. Uh, 
So here's what I want to encourage you is never be satisfied with what you currently know about God. Oh, that we would hunger for God's presence so much that we would not be satisfied with what we currently know, but that we're current consistently saying, Lord, that we would get to know your love, the love that surpasses all knowledge, that we would get to know you more and more and more each day. Oh, Lord, that we would not just be satisfied with today's knowledge, but that we would wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Show me more of your glory. Give me more of you. Oh, that we would hunger and that we would fervently pray with passion and be able to say, I want you more than life itself, than the very breath that I breathe. I need you, Lord. God, I need you. So we get to the fourth petition. And the fourth petition is fullness. Everybody say fullness. Now, I'm a little scared. I'm afraid of heights if you don't know this, you know, so Lord help me, help me with my fear. Um, and the, the reason why I'm up here and the reason why I believe that this is a staircase is because Paul is, is praying a bold prayer and has a bold aspiration here. And his bold aspiration is that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Did anyone's mind just kind of... To be filled with the fullness of God. Now, this building in here, total, it's about nah, 17, 18,000 square feet. If I said, you know, Paul is praying that you would be filled with up to 17 and 18,000 square feet. The problem with that statement, even though it seems like a big space to fill, is that it is limited. And Paul is specifically praying here that you would be filled with all of God. The God who sits outside of eternity, who, who was before time and will always be after time, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the one who is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, the one who knows it all, the one who is always there, the one who loves unconditionally. It is this God that he is desiring to be, that, that he is desiring that you would be filled with his fullness. But do you know how to measure fullness? You measure fullness by how much it overflows. You measure fullness by overflow. So what Paul is praying here is that you would be so full of God that you would be overflowing with his love, that you would be overflowing with his presence, that people around you can't help but see God, but see Jesus in you. And, and I think it's so uh, uh, appropriate to be able to remember that this week we, th there was a, a celebration that happened and it was, um, St. Patty's Day or St. Patrick's Day. And so as Paul is praying here, I want to remind you of St. Patrick's prayer and that we would overflow so much that we would pray like St. Patrick who says, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of 
of every man who speaks of me. Christ in the eye that sees me. Christ in the ear that hears me. That Christ would just be all around me. That he would be overflowing. And this is Paul's prayer at the same time. And God's fullness or perfection becomes the standard or level up to which we ought to be praying to be filled. And that's why I said, church, it is high time that we earnestly seek the face of the Lord in prayer, that he would fill us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the aspiration is the same in principle as when the scriptures would command us to be holy as God is holy, to be perfect as God is holy. And so Paul is praying just like that. I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. And so church, we are, we, when we begin to climb up and we begin to say strength and we begin to say love and we begin to say knowledge and we begin to say fullness, when we look back, we see how high we have come in the aspirations that Paul has. And I want you to know, church, that this is the aspiration that we have for you, for Antioch, Dallas, to be able to rise. And when you look back, we are not climbing some measly stairs up on a stage on, on uh, March 21st. We are climbing spiritual Everest, even beyond something bigger than Everest. And I want to encourage you, there is so much more to God that he is wanting to do in this time, in this season, during this pandemic, during this political climate, during this uh, socioeconomic climate, and he is wanting us to engage so that we can overflow with Christ and be filled with his fullness, to walk in this world with the knowledge of his love, to be rooted and established in his love, to be strengthened in him so that everywhere we go, we are unto God the aroma of Christ. I tell you, I'm, 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 I'm getting excited here. So these aspirations aren't meant to be brushed off, but something to sit and ponder and think and be encouraged in. But I want to slow down here. If you hear nothing else, hear this. Then my prayer for you is that you would step out of apathy and slumber and that you would be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit to have Christ dwell in your innermost being. That you would be rooted and established in love. That you would intimately know the love of God. And that you would step out of apathy and slumber and that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Now don't tune me out and lean in here. Because I recognize that many of you are at different places of this aspirational spectrum. Some of you are saying, I don't have strength. I'm weary. And if we go back to being renewed in the spirit of our mind, the lie that we believe or the lie that sometimes gets built up or maybe the lie that you are struggling with is that God doesn't care about me and that I will remain in this weakness. Some of you I know are in here and you're saying, man, my love for God is growing cold or I'm doubting his love for me. And the lie that is coming in and that you are believing is that I am unlovable or that I'm unwanted by God. For the others, 
you're having trouble believing God's word and knowing him through it. That every time you open scripture, it seems like I'm not getting anything out of this. And the lie that you hear or that you are wrestling with is, I can't hear God. Or lastly, some of you are saying, I'm empty. And I'm in need of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the lie that you are believing is that I will always be a mediocre Christian, a lukewarm Christian. But I want to remind you, church, that it is our hope and it is our mission to be sons and daughters who encounter Jesus. And I'm stopping there on purpose because this passage that we just read is a passage where Paul is praying his desire and we pray our desire and we pray the same desire. The scriptures reveal the desire of God's heart for us to encounter him, to encounter the father, to encounter the son and to encounter the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to provide two types of spaces. The worship team is going to go into this song called Awake My Soul as we were singing earlier. And during this time, I want to ask uh, prayer and prophetic team, can you come up here? Staff, can you also come up here as well for those of you that are here? And I want to ask our prayer and prophetic team to come up to help me pray. I want to ask our staff to also to come up and help me pray. But we're going to respond to the Lord this morning. And Jared, if you could put the, the slide with the stair step on it as well with the four points. Strength, love, knowledge, fullness. And so I want to tell you that these men and women are up here. And I, I know that they love you. Because they're consistently praying for you. So I, I want to know if there's anyone out there that is in need of prayer, in need of the Lord's presence, in need of his strength, of, his, of, 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 of being able to comprehend his love or to grow in his knowledge or, or in the knowledge of that love or to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you to come up here. But here's another value that we have here at Antioch Dallas, that if that's not you and you're saying, I'm good, then what I'm going to ask you to do is to step into the heritage that we have as an Antioch movement and begin to pray how what the Lord is saying to you to be able to encourage another person that is in this room. I say the heritage because uh, I, I've, I've, uh, I consider myself a transplant into the Antioch movement. Some of you know that, that you've come from other Antioch churches. And here's the deal. I want to continually put this value out there that we, we prophetically speak over one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We activate the gifts of the Spirit in, in, in each other so that we can operate in those and minister to one another. We are empowered by the Spirit to equip the saints. 
So I want, I want you to know that if you're saying, man, I'm good. If you're a life group leader uh, and, and you're not needing prayer, I want you to begin to pray. Who's in the room that I can go encourage this morning? Who's in the room that I, that I believe that the Lord is leading me to pray for? And I don't want you to be afraid, but I want us to do that. And so I want everybody, uh, well, well, let's do this. Anybody who is desiring prayer, just begin to come up. Don't be afraid. We're not going to embarrass you or anything. And I want you to come up to one of these individuals and tell them, here's my specific need. I need uh, strength or I need love or I need knowledge or I need fullness. We're going to begin to step into this. And and if you're sitting in some sort of a slumber or, 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 or apathy, I want you to rise up and encourage you to rise up out of that apathy and begin to come up and receive prayer that the Lord would do something this morning, that we would not live a mediocre Christian life, but that we would fervently pray and seek the face of the Lord and be encouraged in him. Church, come on, let's begin to pray. We're providing time and space and opportunity to do that.